Come on, let's put our hands together and give God a cheer. Amen. How many are glad your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Hallelujah. Come on, can we just keep our hands up for a moment and say, Lord, thank you for your blood. Thank you. Hallelujah for the cross. Hallelujah today. Hallelujah. Yes, God. I mean, we're thankful for resurrection life today. Amen. It's in Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. We're so excited that uh, we have an opportunity to worship together. Uh, how many just are so thankful that God has given you another chance, one more day, amen, to bring glory to His name? Amen. Is that right? Amen. You know, I thought about an old song that says, There's a new name written down in glory. Hallelujah. It's mine. And uh, how many are just. You know, just reminded almost all the time of how, how good God is. The fact that He would send Jesus Christ to this earth and die as a sinner in our place. That we could go free from sin and we could have eternal life. But that wasn't the end of it. How many know that's not the end of it? The Bible says He was buried and in three days He rose again. Amen. He ascended into heaven and He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says He's coming back again. How many believe that? Come on, how many live like that? Amen. Hallelujah. So thankful for what the Lord has done and how good God is. Amen. And so, you know, I'd encourage you that uh, if every one of us would bring somebody to church, this church would be filled. Is that right? And if half of those people came to salvation in Jesus Christ, we'd make an impact in this city. How many believe that? How many believe that just one, one person that gets saved makes an impact? Amen. One person, amen, the Bible says that all heaven rejoices over the one sinner that gets saved. How many know each one of us can reach one? Amen. You believe that today? Everybody happy to get, I don't know if, I don't know if we're serving coffee out there or prune juice or what's going on here, amen. Uh, no, just kidding, amen. But we want to welcome everybody and uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you're joining us online, wherever you are, whoever you're joining us with. God bless you. Um, Talked to some folks this week and uh, that uh, I haven't seen for a little bit, but we just loved on each other, encouraged each other in the Lord, and, and uh, said, you know, when, when this is all done, we're going to have one big picnic. We're going to, I mean, you know, we're going to, whether our church knows it, whether you know it or not, we're going to invest in some barbecue. We're going to invest in some, some, come on, some picnic food and some, and all that stuff, and, and uh, we're going to have a good time. So, but I'm, I'm really excited about what the Lord wants to do in really our church, or through our church, I should say. Not in our church, but through us, through you, and what God is doing in your life. And God is um, using you. So we're excited about that. And um, amen. So I want to encourage everybody, reach out to somebody this week. Uh, you know, just kind of ask the Lord, like Paul, for open doors, doors of opportunity. And, uh, you know, that God, I can walk through those doors with boldness and that you'll give me the wisdom. And uh, how many know that when you begin to open your mouth, you need something to say? <laughs> and God, you know, Jesus promised in the day that you are standing there and you need something to say, the Holy Spirit's going to give you the words to say. Amen. How many know ever prayed like that? Some of you went prepared and other people just said, Lord, you've got to give me the words to say here. So I want to encourage you to do that. Amen. So thankful for the report that is out, the financial report, and uh, just that we can uh, really uh, 
bring that report to you. And um, of course, you'll see in there, there's so many things that have covered from everything from social media to our ministries and everything that we've done less, this last year with the, social, the, uh, uh, the Outreach Center and the OC and uh, everything there. And how many know some churches just make it about money? It's not just about money because our giving is so much more than that. Any, anybody? Come on. Well, who we are as a community is so much more than what we just give. It's, it's what we do and how the impact that we're making with the, with the giving. And so we're excited about that and so uh, happy about that. Amen. wanted to just uh, read a scripture today, pray, and then um, really kind of, I don't even know if I'll finish with this throughout the year, but for right now, I want to continue on just to, uh, well, I'm going to say finish up with grace and purpose and uh, the teaching on good works and how we should walk in good works. And today, I just want to talk to you about how faith works. Faith works. How many believe faith works? Amen. Yeah, that's a play on words. Yeah, faith works. Amen. So in James chapter 2, we're just going to read a little bit, pray, and uh, just share a little bit. In James chapter 2, starting verse 14, and some of you may have read this before, we're going to read on a little bit, so just uh, follow along, be patient. But if you just want to open your Bible or click on your device to James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Question. If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and be filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for their body, what does it profit? And then he said this, he said, Also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. Verse 18, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 26, jump down to verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Lord, we just thank you for the word of God. We, we trust the Bible today. We trust the word of God. We build our lives on, Lord, the word of God. It is absolute. It is the authority of God. It is the word of life. And we, Lord, we trust it fully today. I pray that through your word, you would minister to our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Talking a little bit about faith. Faith works. And of course, it's a play on words. That faith works and faith works. All right. But in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said this about faith, that all things are possible to those that believe. Notice that he said that all things are possible, not that all things are automatic. Not that all things will happen. He said all things could happen or might happen are possible to those who believe. How many know that faith has no boundaries, right? Has no boundaries, just possibilities. Faith has all possibilities. And so the Bible is talking here about faith. James talks about faith and the, the awesome principles of faith. I just want to go into just a few things about faith. That faith has no boundaries. That's what the Bible says. Faith has no limits. How many know that faith puts no limits on God and God puts no limits on faith? Aren't you glad for that? Amen. And Jesus taught us those things. And so also the Bible talks about the faith that Jesus talked about, what we consider radical faith as a normal part of life. What, if, you know, whoever speaks to this mountain, whatsoever things you say, you know, the, the just shall live by faith. And we walk by faith and not by sight. How many know that seems a little radical for some, but Jesus said that's normal. We're to have normal, that kind of faith in our lives. We're to be walking in faith and living in faith. How many believe that? Amen. 
And believe, and believe, and so we see that. And the other thing I see that God has systems and our faith will only work within God's system, the system of God. He has systems. The Word of God teaches us that there's systems of faith and God teaches us those things. And so I also believe that within the systems of God is that it, it revolves around Him and the way He thinks. And so God has these systems that revolve around Him and the way He thinks and our faith will only work inside that system of God. We're God's systems. And when God says, you do it this way, we believe, the Bible says we'll have this result. And so it only works inside and within the systems of God. And so I, I thank God that our faith really works according to the Word of God. How many believe your faith works according to the Word of God? Amen. Yes, it does. And so with that in mind and with, our, with what, my, what I want to share today is that, you know, we have to understand that faith takes work, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Faith takes work, but also faith has works. Faith has works. That's what James is saying here, that faith has works. How many believe that God will provide the sun and the rain? You have to dig the garden. Anybody? Like Abraham, God will provide the sacrifice, but you've got to climb the mountain to get it. Like the disciples, God will provide the fish. You've got to get out in the water. Amen. You've got to get in the boat. You've got to cast the net. Anybody? Is that right? Yeah. So God will do all these things. God will give us the gifts, but we've got to be the witness in the earth. And so this is it. Faith without works, James said, is dead. We talked about in James chapter 1 about how he's talked about vain religion that is dead before the Lord. Now he's saying faith without works is dead. And so I like to think of this when we talk about faith, how that Mark and Jesus taught in Mark's gospel that all things are possible. So I like to think of it this way. All things are possible when everyone is responsible. Amen. All things are possible when everything. So let me go over some things with faith is very quickly. We've, we, this is a teaching in itself. We won't go into it. Faith is believing what I can't see. Faith is obeying when I don't understand it. Faith is persisting when I don't feel like it. Faith is giving when I don't have it. Come on, somebody. You've been there once or twice. Yes, we have. Faith is thanking God before I receive it. Faith is trusting God even if I don't get it. <laughs> Amen. Faith is pr proving that God is always right. And faith is being faithful first before you're full of faith. Amen. There's measurements of faith and God works in us. And the Bible says add to your faith so we know that faith grows as we walk with the Lord. And so the Bible teaches us that we live in faith, by faith, and through faith. How many believe that it's by grace through faith? Amen. That it's in faith that we live and it's by faith we live. Amen. And so that's what the Bible teaches us. But James, going back to James chapter 2, James says that faith and works go together. Faith and works go together. In verse 18, let me call attention to this again. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. That's pretty clear, isn't it? How many know that's important to have faith and works together? Amen. Yes, it is. And so three times he says this in this chapter, three times in chapter 2, faith without works is dead, bringing attention to this great principle that he's trying to teach here, that faith without works is dead. How many know it's very important to have faith in Jesus Christ? It's very important to walk by faith. It's very important that we don't live by sight, which is the opposite of faith. We walk by faith. 
Someone said, well, fear is the opposite. No, sight is. How many know what you see makes you afraid? Amen? So sight can be the opposite of faith, but we don't do that. And so it's not that it depends on our works, but it does depend on our faith. But the Bible says they go together because faith is action. Faith isn't something that I say that I believe or I just, I, I believe in a God or I believe in God or I have, I believe. How many know there is action connected with your faith? Amen. And so there's action connected. And in fact, if you go in verse 19, and I'll just go quickly through this. In verse 19, he says that it, it's, James teaches that it's, it's more than just believing in God. He said the demons believe. So what? <laughs> They believe, but they don't have actions. They don't have, amen, faith in Jesus or their actions. And so verse 22 says, Do you see that faith was working together with Abraham's works? He's talking about Abraham. He talks about Abraham and, and Rahab a little bit here and, and at the end of this teaching. And he says, Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made complete. That's very important, isn't it? That faith was made complete by what Abraham did. Then he talks about Rahab. And he makes this statement in verse 24. He says, You see then that a man is justified by works and not, not by faith only. I'm reading from the Bible, by the way. And I didn't say this. This isn't my... This is the Bible. This, and this is the New King Jesus version that I'm reading out of today. Amen. Hallelujah. So, and so I'm not, you know, twisting scripture. It just says, and you see then, he's talking about Abraham, what Abraham did. And Rahab, if you remember, you go back and read in, in uh, uh, Joshua, but what she did, and, that, and the Bible says they were, that by their works they were justified. It was counted unto them for righteousness sake. Amen. So we're seeing this clearly that it's faith and works. How many know it's doing and being in the kingdom? Amen. We need to be the church, but we need to do what God's called us to do as the church. Amen. And so I, I know that we just don't have church. We are the church, but we have to have faith and works. Or in other translations and definitions, it's faith without corresponding actions is dead. So faith without the expression of good works is completely dead. Faith is useless by itself. It's only, it's as good as dead without works is what it says. And so I also believe and, and see the teachings of the Bible that God's grace does not excuse me from my responsibility. How many know what I'm talking about? Salvation does not get me off the hook of showing mercy to other people. You know, it, God may do justice for me, but how many know I have to move in mercy as well? Amen. How many believe it's righteousness and justice, faith and works, grace and truth? They go together. They work together, not opposite. They go together. And so it's both and, not either or. And so that's what he's teaching here. And I believe as the church in today, in our culture especially, we've got to have strong faith. Does anybody believe that? We've got to have strong faith. Amen. But how many know that our works have got to correspond with our faith? Our works have got to... The Bible says, let your light so shine in such a way such a powerful way, such a demonstrative way that people see your good works and then out of those things will glorify God. Can you imagine your neighbors just lifting their hands and glorifying God because of your good works? 
That's what the Bible says. Because your light is shining so much, because you've got so much Jesus in you that you don't just celebrate Jesus in the four walls and do church and conquer the carpet every Sunday. You're actually putting your faith on a road and it's going somewhere called actions. Amen. And so I believe that that's what he's teaching here and I believe it's important. So how do we know? Look at people in the Bible. He talks about Abraham and Rahab, but think about somebody like Noah. How do we know that Noah believed God? How do we know that? Because he built an ark. Because he obeyed. There was action there. Amen. Oh, gee, you know, uh, God's going to make it rain for 40 days and 40 nights and let the sewers back up. That's great. No, there was action there. He responded to the word of God. He responded in obedience. Is that right? And there was action to his faith. I like what someone said. They said, when God gives you a blueprint, he also gives you a hammer. God will give you a dream, but he also gives you a path to walk. Amen. He'll give you a hope, but he also gives you something practical to go by by principle. Amen. And so Jesus gave the disciples a plan or the dream from God or the plan from God. And uh, when the Holy Ghost would come, and then, then when the Holy Ghost came on them, they did what Jesus told them to do. There was faith and works together. Amen. And so God gave people gifts, as we said before, but God never gave us the desire. God never gave us the passion to do it or the want to to do it. How many know He's working in us that? But how many know we have to have faith and works? You can say you believe God all you want to, but unless your life is something that we see the works of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, come on, the love of God, we really have to say, as James said, where is your faith? Amen? Hallelujah. So, faith really is defined by works, but the works are defined by love. Works are defined by love. How many know faith is defined by works? That's what he's saying. But yet, the works are defined by love. So let's not get away from those things. In fact, I like the scripture in Titus chapter 1, verse 15. He speaks about another group of people. He said, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and their conscience are defiled. In verse 16 of chapter 1, they profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being detestable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. So they say they know God, but in their works they deny Him. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Now, we talked to last couple of weeks, we talked about in James chapter 1, he said that if you say that you're a religious person and, and you can't bridle your tongue, your religion is useless. It's, it's just uh, useless. It doesn't do anybody good. So he's giving the same kind of idea. Now he opens up and says, that's great, you have faith and you can be a, a good Christian, but if you don't have the works or the actions, nobody really should be listening to you. But here he said there's a group of people that by their actions, they deny Jesus. That's pretty strong language, isn't it? Amen. And so is your faith. There's, there's faith and love and obedience toward God is what he's talking about. We're not going to get into that. But good works are three things. If you want to write this down or, or whatever. Good works are this. It's your faith out loud. This is my definition. It's your love for God turned inside out. And it's your compassion for other people. That's good works. Good works isn't that you get little points in your church or little golden stars on your chart in heaven. How many know good works because you love God and you love other people? Amen. Well, Brother Matt, Brother Micah said you had a really good word today. All right. Let me just make some things clear. Faith, let me, and we just go to the next slide. Faith works in us. Love works through us. 
Faith works in us. Love works through us. We don't do to get from God. We do because we have from God. Everybody believe that? I do. Amen. That's what the Bible teaches. We work from favor, not for favor. We, we work unto God. We do these things not for love, but because of love. It's because we have the love of God. We're not working for the love of God. How many know that's what you do before you're born again? You try to work for salvation. You try to work for these things. You try to work and be a good person, but you can't do it. Is that right? Amen. And see, clearly the gospel message of the Bible is that you cannot save yourself. Period. You can't save yourself. No matter how hard you try, you can't save yourself. Uh, you know, God had to do this. He came down and Jesus died on the cross because we couldn't do it. And you still can't do it. How many know you still can't buy salvation? You can't work hard enough, amen, for salvation, amen. Jesus did it, amen. And I love that about the gospel message. And so th this is one of the things we see clearly in the Bible is that these are the things that Jesus did for us, what we could not do for ourselves in order to save us. And so we make it clear and want to be very clear on this point that you can't save yourself. You can't be saved by works. It doesn't make you better than other people. How many know your good works don't make you better than other people? Amen. Well, look at me and look at our ministry and look at all that I did this last year. And You take selfies of it and giving food to the poor and everything. How many know it's not about you? Good works can never point to you. Before you're saved and after you're saved, they can never point to you. How many know before you're saved, any good work you do doesn't mean anything? Doesn't mean anything. And any good work you do after you're saved only goes to Jesus Christ. Amen. Only goes to Him and His glory. Amen. How many know whatever you do in word or deed, the Bible says, do all unto the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, but unto Him. Amen. Is that right? How many know we do everything we do is for God? Everything that we do for others and worship and prayer, whatever it is, and everything we do in service is for the Lord. Amen. So we're not saved by works, but we're saved for good works. It's not by good works, but unto good works that we're saved, the Bible says. I've been saved by grace that I might live a life filled with good works. Amen. Is everybody getting it today? I hope this is, this is clear and plain because I, I feel like there's just such a, 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 a really negative stigma there with good works and, and what God's called us to do. And instead, we, we want somebody else to come over across the street. And, oh, if there was a missionary from China that would come and they would preach to my neighbors. And, and uh, oh, if we could do this and we could, how many know that's not the way it's going to happen? You're the missionary. You're, you're the hands and feet. You're the ones, amen, to, to reach out. And so uh, as we clearly see in the Bible, that the, uh, the Bible says that people will know we are Christians by the love we have for one another. John's 13. People will know that God is real when they see your good works. Matthew 5, 16. And people will be saved when they hear the gospel. Romans 10. Amen. So let me turn to this scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12 says... Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they may speak evil against you or speak about you as you're an evildoer, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. That's pretty good, isn't it? Jump down to verse 15. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. 
Verse 16, as free, talking about us, as free, not using your liberty as a cloak for evil, but as bondservants to God. We're doing it as unto the Lord. How many know your good works, the Bible says, will put to silence ignorant people? It's hard to really, after a while, it's hard to hate on somebody when they just keep bringing you food and shoveling your walk and taking care of this and looking after that and, and, and maybe uh, you know, sending you a card when somebody in your family passed away. It, it's hard to really hate on somebody that constantly shows you love. I'm, I'm sure it's possible, but how many know people only hate when there's more hate? Amen. And so if we're going to be these type of Christians that stand in the corner and point fingers and, and just come at everybody that, that you, know, you know, they deserve punishment and, and they're wrong. And we, come on, how many know we're not going to win anybody to the Lord that way? Nobody's going to want to hear what you have to say. Oh, I got the word of the Lord. No, you got the bad character of the flesh, of the devil. Come on. Is that okay? All right. So, and I love that scripture, but... Dead religion to God is works-based. Now, we know that. Many religions and a lot of religions other than Christianity say that you can become a God through your works. What you eat, what you put in your body, what you meditate, how you meditate, your mind, the, uh, what you can, you can ascend to, what you, you come to this illumination, you come to this, this rest and this consciousness. You know How many know they say that you can become a God through your works, but... But the Bible makes it clear that because you know God, you can have good works. And so I believe that loving God with everything and loving other people more than yourself is still one of the greatest things we've got to live by. How many have ever heard that before? Love, love God with everything and love others. Oh yeah, it's called the great commandments. <laughs> and God still holds people accountable to these great commandments. Is that right? Many say, I, it scares me when preachers stand up and say that there's no law. Jesus did away with the law. Jesus did away with all these things. How many know Jesus didn't do away with loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul? And he did not do away with loving others better than yourself. He didn't do away with thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. That, he didn't do away with those things. He fulfilled the law, the Bible says. And there's greater things of the law that we need to be teaching, as Jesus said. Amen. We'll get into that some other time. But now let me just say this, because when I talk about good works, many people go automatically go into this area, and we need to be careful. Many prefer social activism or social justice as the leading factor of the gospel message. That should, that should replace the gospel message. How many know that doesn't replace the gospel message? Okay, that's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about replacing the gospel. We're talking about the addition to the gospel, which is good works. Amen. And so it's accompanied with the gospel. The downfall really to a lot of these, especially today, uh, social justice and social activism and these things that were done, especially today, is there's an underlying element of self-righteousness and self-preservation. How many of you know that's not part of the gospel? The gospel is not about self-righteousness and the gospel is not about self-preservation. It's about Jesus Christ and how he loves other people and how they need to be saved. The gospel is good news, not just for you. Amen? And so we'll talk about that in some. So I feel that, because I've heard people say this, we're here as a church to fix the broken systems in our community. But let me just say this and add to that and say that without the cross being the central focus and the gospel being the cause, there is no remedy for the broken systems. Is that true? 
So you can believe that. I've said that myself. We got There's broken things out there. But I understand that the cross has to be the central focus and, and really the gospel has to be the cause. You see, in social justice, what we call that today, is people have taken their own cause, they have twisted it to, to, to benefit them or a certain group of people, come on, that really doesn't have anything to do with Christ. It doesn't have anything to do with the cross. It doesn't have anything to do with their salvation. Amen. And so they want to say that that is the gospel message. But clearly, the gospel, amen, is a lot more than that. And so I, I'm not going to get into that. But faith without works is dead, and works without Jesus is dead. Can I say it one more time? Faith without works is dead, but works without Jesus are dead. So, yes, you say, well, Brother Matt, we need to do all the humanitarian things, social. We've got to be out in the community. We've got to be feeding the poor. That's... I mean, that clearly is those things. I'm going to share those some other time. But what God says, you know, for us, and again, I don't want to get so cookie cutter that if you do this, this, and this, these are good works. How many of the Holy Spirit needs to lead you? Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Amen. And uh, that's all I'll say about that. But let me just, I've got to continue on the thought. Faith without works is dead, and works without Jesus are dead. Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water in my name to anyone, you're my disciples. This is what my disciples do, giving a cup of cold water in my name. How many of that's serving other people? That's good works. But let me just, just bring your attention to something. He said, a cup of cold water in my name. Some separate the cup from the name. And anything that separates good works from Jesus is all about you. It's all about your benefit, your name, your glory. Come on, your church, your organization. Amen. And so we don't separate what we do, our faith and works. And we don't separate what we do and Jesus. Amen. Because it's all for Him. And we want people to come to the knowledge of Jesus, not just come to our church. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope that's okay. So works really bring people back to the ways of God through love. Good works bring people back to the ways of God through love. Because how many know that's God's ultimate plan for everybody? It's come back to the original intent. And that is knowing Him. Relationship with Him. That's, that's the, you say, well, this is kind of simple. I was hoping for the teaching on the four beasts and all those things, or, or the 20 beasts, whatever, and all those things. Well, we'll get that next time. Actually, you can just contact Brother Fred. And he'll, and he'll walk you through that one. And so, not that those things are bad, but you understand. But this is just something on my heart because I believe God's preparing us to think different and to be different. And, and, and the world needs to see something different than another reflection of themselves. They need to see people that are actually strong in their faith and actually strong in love. Because I don't know about you, but the, the word of love is being abused today. Because people don't know God. The Bible says God is love. I said God is love. And God never violates His principles of love. But God commands His people to show His love. Amen. How are people going to know the real definition of love unless the church is the church? Unless we love one another and love other people better than themselves, how in the world can we point our fingers to people and say, well, that's not love. They call that love. That's not love. How many know until they get the real definition, they're going to continue to think that is the definition? Is this okay? Right? Amen? Right? Amen? And that's what it's all about. And so, um, so it's bringing people back to God through love. And so in the end, I believe that and we think about this and talk about broken systems of our world. In the end, what are the causes for broken systems? They are sin and people's hearts. They're away from God. 
And only the gospel solves all of these issues. We can feed the poor, that's good. We can do this, we can do that, which we are going to do. But that ultimately does not resolve the issue. The issue is the heart. The issue is about, it's a sin issue. How many know what I'm talking about? And sin issue is not a passion issue. Sin is a priority issue. People don't worship God. People take the Lord's name in vain. People do not love Jesus. People do not want God. How many know it's a priority issue? They don't love others. They hate others. They murder others. They steal from others. It's a priority issue. It's not a passion issue. Well, my, my passion's got away from me. No, it's a priority issue. It's when that becomes greater than God. It's when you serve that instead of serving God. Anybody? Amen. We'll talk about what truly sin is some other time. But God knows that if we don't speak up and we don't declare the Lord and we don't preach the gospel and it's not about Him, then our good works only reflect us. And how many know that's not good? That's, that's not good. You, you don't want that to happen. And, and notice the teachings of the Bible go in and, and further and further into this. And we won't go into this, but uh, really Paul instructed that, that we should teach young men. This is the things that we should be teaching our young men and our young, our young people, young men and young women. He said in Titus chapter 2, verse 7, he said, In all things showing yourself a pattern of good works. Verse 14, Who Jesus gave himself for us, he gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. This is what we're supposed to be teaching young people and amongst ourselves. Paul also writes later in 1 Timothy, or earlier, and he says this. He wrote to the young women. He said that their beauty is not uh, about the outward appearance, but good works. Isn't it amazing? This is what we need to be teaching our children, is, is to love other people and to, and to show good works in Jesus Christ, that your faith without works is dead. You can say you believe in Jesus all you want to, Amen, that's great, but how many know devils do that, demons do that, angels know that, but there's something greater that God calls you to, and that is faith, amen, and works. Is that all right? Amen. I know, I know you can handle this this morning. Many people take this as being religious, but I know you can handle this this morning. Ephesians says that we are to walk in good works. This is something that we don't do once. You know, how many know some Christians, when it comes to loving other people, it's like, it's like some people come to church. It's once a year. <laughs> it's usually around Christmas time. And, and we hear these Christmas carols and, and we sing these things and we hear that silver bell and our hearts are moved with compassion and we drop a quarter in that red bucket. Amen. How many know God's called us to way more than that? Amen. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's every day. And one of the things that we really love and appreciate about the teachings of Jesus and also the example of the apostles in the book of Acts is that the church didn't look to one man to meet their needs or one organization to meet their needs. They met each other's needs. That's what the church was all about. The church was about knowing each other's needs so that you can meet each other's needs. How many know it's important that to meet somebody else's needs, right? God's given you the resources to do that. But if you don't know that person, you won't know their needs. And anybody listening, if we don't know each other, we won't know their needs. I believe it's important to feed the poor, but I think it's even better to know those who are poor. So we can help them. Come on, somebody. 
So I've, I gave a quarter to a homeless guy one time. Well, do you know him? Do you know homeless people? Do you know poor people? Do you know people in sin? Do you know people that need Jesus? Do you know people that, that really are in need of the gospel? No, I just know Christians. I hang out with Christians. That's great. But how are you going to meet somebody's need if you don't know that person? Amen. How many of we said it before? I can drop clothes off at a box somewhere in town, but it's better for me to know people who actually need those clothes. See, because if I drop clothes off at a box and then someone comes and gets those clothes and they can use them, I feel good about myself. I feel like I did something good. They feel good about themselves because they got new clothes or got different clothes. But none of us really benefited because we didn't know one another. We didn't do it through relationship. So this is the challenge that God gives to us. That we need to, amen, have faith and works. Amen? Anybody? Amen. How many know faith without works is dead? I thought you were going to talk about preaching the gospel on Facebook and telling everybody they're wrong. No, that's next week. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet today. Just going to go over these points real quick. We say, Brother Matt, why are you talking to us about this? Because we are sin bent and it's on our nature not to reach out. It's on our nature not to consider other people. How many know there is a law that we are to follow? It's called the law of Christ. The Bible says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. How many know there is a law? There is a law of the Spirit. The Bible says it set us free from the law of sin and death. There's a law of the Spirit. And we're governed by that law. We're not governed by the rules that our church makes. We're not governed by, you know, that you know, some guy up on a mountain makes these rules for and, and this is what you got to do to be a better person. We're governed by the Spirit, the of that the law of the Spirit. And the law of the Spirit and the law of Christ that Paul talks about, amen, draws us closer to the Lord and draws us closer to other people. Amen. And so we want to get to a place where we're not just being blessed by ourselves, but that we're blessing other people so that they can bless other people. How many know that our system is broken in the fact that they just give people money or assistance or programs, but they never help those people be functional in themselves so they can help somebody else? How many know, but the church needs to be a, not an organization or a, a, a facility that just throws things at people and says, here, we did our religious duty, but they actually see the, the restoration of that person's heart, mind, and soul. They actually see the restoration of their family unit and, the, and their home, and, the, and it goes further than just a meal. It goes further than just clothes. Come on, somebody. It goes to their whole life so that the next generation, amen, is different. And changes because of the love of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. You say, well, brother, man, I thought you were going to talk about something real high and mighty. Listen, if you, listen the highest call that you can get in the kingdom is a servant. Anybody? No, it's an apostle. Oh, it's a prophet. No, it's a servant. Jesus took on himself the form of a servant. He took the highest place in the kingdom on earth. So that he could take the highest place in the kingdom in heaven. Anybody? Amen. And so good works can be defined as how God works through us. Amen. Let me say that again. Good works can be defined as how God works through us. And so let me just give you uh, just quickly what good works represent. They, they do this. They, they glorify God. They, they fulfill our purpose that God called us to in the earth. Help fulfill it. 
They function as the body of Christ. We begin to function as the body of Christ. They're given so that we can serve like Jesus. We can be a witness in the earth and we can finish God's work. And so love works. Grace works. Faith works. Amen. How many have experienced that in your life? Amen. There's been somebody in your life that really loved you into the kingdom and loved you when you were unlovable and, you, and, and were good and showed kindness to you. You said, well, Brother Matt, that just sounds so, so uh, humanitarianism and that's just all. No, no. It's about the love of Jesus Christ. I'd love to be able to push a button and then people act right. I'd love for the just kind of force people to come to church and automatically they get saved and everything works out in their life. But how many know there's another way, especially in our culture and our generation, that people are going to come to the Lord and then it's through our lives. When they see and they hear and they feel and experience the love of God through your life, that's how it's going to happen. And, and it's really to finish God's work in the earth. Jesus said at the very end, He said, Amen, that I have come and I have worked the works of Him that sent me. Amen. And then he turned to us and he said, greater works shall you do because I go away. Amen. And so that's what we're walking in today. And so today, I want you just to think about your actions. Think about your faith and your actions. Are they lining up? Or what you say, whether it's online or in, among your friends or family and coworkers, is it really lining up with your life? Is it really lining up with what you do and who you are? You can't separate what you do and who you are. How many know what I'm talking about? You can't separate what you say and what you believe, and you can't separate those things. We're one in Jesus Christ, and we need to live that one lifestyle. And then the second thing I just wanted to ask is, are you really trying to earn God's love? Are you trying to earn salvation through all the good things that you can do? Oh, I know I'm sinning, but I'm also a good person. I'm also you know, opening doors for people and shoveling walks, and, and I'm a good person. I gave this kind of money, but you're not born again. You're not saved. You, you're, you're, you're still in your sin. You're still you know, living without Jesus being Lord of your life and your sins being cleansed. And, and today I want to give you that opportunity that you need to, amen, have faith in Jesus Christ. Put your faith in the cross of Jesus. Put your faith in the empty tomb of Jesus and in the resurrection of Jesus that you can become, amen, a born-again believer so that you can have faith and works. Can you say amen? And if you don't know Jesus today, amen, and you say, well, how do I do that? I, I, the first thing is know that you're, you're in sin. Know that you've disobeyed God and that God has really, the Bible says that your sins have separated you from God. God loves you, but your sins are keeping you from knowing Him personally, knowing Him through Jesus Christ. And understand that Jesus came as a sacrifice for you. A lot of people don't believe in the atonement anymore. They're preaching against the atonement. But how many know Jesus took our place he died in our place. He took our pain. He took our sin. He, he became, the Bible says, He was acquainted with our griefs and our sorrows. He, he took our sicknesses and our diseases on His back. Crown of thorns on His head that we could go free, that we could be saved. How many know only Jesus could do that? No organization, no, no person could do that. Only Jesus Christ. Amen? And so believe in that today. And the Bible says that if you confess that Jesus Christ came and died on a cross, rose again, is coming back, and that He died for your sins and you confess your sins, the Bible says you will be saved. And so today, that's our heart for you, is that you will know Jesus Christ the way He wants to know you, the way that He came and died for you, that you'll know Him, amen, in a very intimate and personal way that He'll become your Savior.
And so today, can we just bow our heads and, and ask the Lord, Lord, can you just check our hearts today? Examine our hearts and our spirits today. Lord, in our actions, Lord, are they lining up with what we're confessing? Are they lining up with, with what the Bible says a true Christian is? Do they really reflect your love, your glory, your, your truth, the principles of your word, Lord? Is that really what's going on in my life, Lord? If not, Lord, I repent. I turn from these things, Lord. I, I want to, Lord, my faith and my works to line up. Lord, am I holding back from other people? Do I just walk, uh, drive down the road and, and criticize other people? Do I watch television and, and just hate on other people? Lord, do I, my actions really show that my faith is alive, that I really do believe in Jesus Christ, Lord. And Lord, I want you to examine my heart. If not, Lord, I want to change my ways. I say sorry, Lord, and I ask you to forgive me, but I want to change my ways, Lord. I, I haven't been treating my family right. I haven't been, Lord, treating, Lord, others around me right. I've, I'm just so concerned about being a good Christian, Lord, and so concerned about going to heaven. Lord, I, I just haven't really paid attention to taking other people with me, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that, Lord, those who are just trying to work and they're not saved and not, not Christians and not born again, they're just trying to work for salvation, they think they're good. They think their goodness will get them in. Lord, I pray that they would have a revelation of your love. Lord, the cross of Jesus Christ and the salvation, Lord, that you provide. Why? They need you, Lord, because they're sinners, Lord. You can't get into heaven through your good works, but it's through Jesus Christ. He is the door in into heaven. And so we pray that today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen and amen. If you have a need today, we do have an altar team that comes and people that want to pray with you. And uh, they are uh, COVID friendly, as we say. Amen. But if not, God bless you. Greet somebody today. Introduce yourself to someone new. If you're new today, we'd like to meet you in the back. We have something for you. God bless you. I'll break the chasm that lay between